0: Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome to LaxRecords.com podcast, episode 27. So I have a question for you. What is the best high school rivalry you have seen or been part of uh, at this point in time? That's a question we're discussing today as I have St. Paul's head coach Rick Bricado and director of alumni relations at Boys Latin Matt Kennedy on to talk about the 100th meeting of these two prestigious Baltimore area programs on today's podcast, this is a question that is will never be settled as far as what is the greatest high school rivalry. And I'm sure a lot of you listening to this right now already have something in your mind that that you'd love to say. So I, I would actually love to hear it. So you can find me on Twitter at Lax Records. That's L A X R E C O R D S, or uh, leave a comment on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Lax Records. Or, you know, if you're you're listening to this on the website, laxrecords.com, feel free to leave a comment there below. Because I would love to hear what everybody thinks the best high school rivalry, high school lacrosse rivalry is. You know, a couple that come to mind, obviously, Boys Latin and, and St. Paul's comes to mind pretty quick. Um, I, I think McDonough, Gilman, uh, Landon, Georgetown, Prep... Smithtown East, Smithtown West out of New York, you know, it's just one of those things. Obviously, I I spent a number of years in Maryland, so I know a lot of the Maryland high school rivalries really well, uh, but I'm sure I'm missing quite a few, uh, you know, Massachusetts, Texas. I'm sure there's a lot of great rivalries, so I would love to hear them. So be sure to uh, seek me out online at one of those outlets and and drop me a line let me know because I'd actually love to do more with this type of story later on in the year and maybe heading into the 2018 season. So, as I said, today I have St. Paul's head coach Rick Percato and director of alumni relations at Boys Latin, Matt Kennedy. These two have been instrumental in helping Lax Records just get a lot of the content, especially out of the MIAA and out of each of their respective programs. They are historians at the core, so they know a lot about their respective programs. They know a lot about the MIAA, even dating back to the MSA days. I mean, Matt has. Um, been gracious enough. He basically gave me all the champions from the history of the conference well before it was called the MIAA. So he is a great resource and he has a lot of interesting facts and information to to share today. And Coach Rick Picotto, uh, it, it's he's got an interesting story uh, outside of just being the head coach and this obviously being his last regular season game as head coach as he announced his retirement, um, effective at the end of this season. But he was also an assistant at Boys Latin for a number of years under legendary coach Bob Shriver. So he's got a different perspective on this rivalry as well. So it was just a great conversation. Uh, you won't hear a whole lot of my voice because at some point I just let these two go at it and and talk. And it, it was great. So sit back and enjoy the show. I appreciate you both being on because I know this is a uh, pretty big week uh, for for both your programs. So um, just so I know, I got Matt Kennedy from Boys Latin and Coach Rip Riccato from St. Paul's here today. Um, so guys, like, let's let's start it off just with you know, talk a little bit about the, this rivalry between St. Paul's and Boys Latin. And Coach Coach will start with you.
1: Um, you know, I think it's the best in, in high school lacrosse. Um, there's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a pretty healthy rivalry. If you ask me, um, you know, these kids know each other. I think both of our schools are similar in many respects in terms of size and, um, things like that, you know, and, and it's one that dates back to 1933, which is pretty darn special. Um, you know, I think You know, in the early days, St. Paul's really had the upper hand and and then recent and in modern times, I think uh, advantage has gone to boys Latin. So, you know, it's it's one that um, is pretty special. I've been on it from both sides and I respect it from both sides. And, I, you know, I I love watching the kids play against each other because I think, you know, they're they're all friends, but they really get after it in between the lines.
0: And Mac, how about from your from your perspective?
2: Well, I couldn't have said it any better. I I totally agree. I I, I think it's the the greatest rivalry in high school lacrosse for sure. Uh, what makes it super special, besides what what Rick just said, is I've always called it sort of a family affair, and uh, we've we've actually had games where brothers have actually played against brothers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and certainly cousins have played against cousins, and dad's sons have gone to boys' Latin, and vice versa, and yeah, we, we've had some of our best coaches here are St. Paul's grads, and certainly, arguably, the greatest high school coach ever is Howie Myers, who coached the Crusaders back in the 40s, and they won, what was it, 61 straight games. And the, the interesting fact with that is he was a boys' Latin grad, and he never played lacrosse in his life. Yeah. So the, the the two schools, I can give you scores of connections between the two programs. It just makes it quite remarkable. So. Yeah. The kids all know each other. They they like each other off the field. They're best friends off the field. On the field, they want to win. They want to beat each other, and it's, that makes it a lot, lot very special. Yeah, and I'm
0: sure, Mag. I believe you have what, what's the all time record of, for each of these schools in
2: this rivalry. Well, I, it's it's 51, 47, <laughs> and one, and that one is weird. We we can't figure out what the score was, but. Uh, what we found, that it says that both schools tied. I think it was in 1934. So believe it or not, they had ties back in the day. So we're 51-47-1. <laughs> 50, and, and on May the 16th, we'll do it for the 100th time.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's crazy that if you one that you've been able to find any score from nineteen thirty four at all. I mean, that's just a testament to how much research, and I'm sure how much these both these programs just keep keep track of their history and document. I mean, that's just fantastic. Right. Um, coach, you'd mentioned you've been on on both sides. I know you were you were an assistant for boys Latin for a while. You've obviously been the coach at Saint Paul's for a number of years. Like, what was it like, um, being on the other sideline? <laughs>
1: Um it you know what, when I was at BL it was um it was really a a, a great time. I, I worked with some terrific coaches, great men and great kids. And and I will always say that, you know, those those four years were really, really good years. You know, I learned a lot from Bob Shriver, um, made great friends with Steve Dube and Gene Ubriaco. Um, you know, that friendships that still last. So you know, we, we really had, I think, an, an enjoyable experience together as a staff. And those kids uh, worked really hard. And that 2002 team was a really special team that, you know, won the MIA championship. So, you know, I got to experience that from that side. I got to see the intensity from Bobby from his side. You know, I had always experienced it from the other side. Um, and I and I think I got a, a all-new respect for the intensity that he brought to the rivalry. That maybe I didn't appreciate as much when, appreciate as much when I was younger um, and coaching against him, but uh, but but that was really a valuable experience for me. And and as I said, I've said it to a lot of people. Those four years were were great years down in Lakeard Land, and it was pretty odd though, you know, going up against um, St. Paul's, a place that you know, really was uh, a place that I've grown up kind of as as a professional in terms of teaching and coaching. It was odd coaching against a lot of the boys that I had taught um, in the middle school and uh, in those days. And, um, you know, then going back to St. Paul's and and doing the same thing with BL, including, uh, you know, I call my own uh, kind of um, adopted son, Rocco Romero, who, you know, we brought Tracy and I brought back from Colorado with us. And he's a boys Latin graduate. And, his senior year I coached against him we were both in the house together and you know I have a lot of good uh, a lot of good moments to share about that and memories to share with uh, with that too and I know Rocco will be there on Tuesday and probably rooting for the Lakers and and for uh, and for me I hope too
0: yeah, it's going to have one of those split jerseys down the middle, like half St. Paul's, half BL.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember that senior year when, uh, you know, in football, Rocco was the quarterback and uh, BL hadn't beaten St. Paul's in several years. Um, and uh, I think seven altogether. And, you know, Rocco was the quarterback on that team that uh, that beat BL. And I'm out there in a driving rainstorm at Boys Laden yep. on that upper field in my St. Paul's uh, Gore-Tex and rooting for Rocco, I think people thought I was crazy, but uh, you know what? Blood's thicker than water. So, uh, you know, I, yeah. uh, it was it was a great experience for us. It really was. And so I, I do. I have a lot of respect um, for the rivalry because I've been on both sides of it. And I respect the people that have been involved in it and the healthiness of the rivalry and uh, within the kids and the adult community
2: yeah so how's it um like Mike if, 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 if I could chime in just from that from from yep. Rick's standpoint is what what I, I believe one of Rick's better friends is Gene brico who coached yeah. with Rick for a couple of years and it was weird for us seeing gene who's now our assistant uh, offensive coordinator just in, in blue and gold and now he's on the BL sidelines and the, those type of stories go on and on Rich warfield who coached at Boys Latin for uh, five years was our varsity coach. Is a St. Paul's grad, mm-hmm. and I know there's a whole been a whole bunch of guys who uh, there's an old guy from the class of '48 at PL named Dietrich von Schwertner. and I forget <laughs> before he died he told me that he ran the JV program at St. Paul's for a number of years. So the the, the connections and especially on the coaching sidelines, it's it's truly really remarkable that these two schools that are the biggest rivals have so many connections, both on and off the field. And then on the coaching sidelines, it's it's it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling sometimes.
0: <laughs> why why do you think that is? Why do you think those these two schools seem to be connected in, in that in that way?
2: I, I think Rick said it at first. They're both similar schools. You know, we're, we're we're a little smaller than St. Paul's. Um, why? You know, at one point, well, Boys Latin used to play their games at Mount Washington, and that's when St. Paul's was also located, sort of up the street from where we used to. Have our home field, and I, I guess it's just because for so many years, maybe even a hundred years, you know, um, kids have gone to each school at the same time, and maybe sometimes they needed a smaller school and went to boys' Latin, and maybe sometimes they wanted to go to a, uh, a school with some religion. Uh, what um, I guess it's Episcopalian. Uh, I'm not even sure what uh, Episcopal yeah. It is. yeah, Episcopal yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and. Some some parents don't want to do that. Why the two schools sort of have gravitated towards each other, I, I, have to think, I think it's because of the lacrosse programs. Mm-hmm. You know, both schools have, were established back in the early 30s to start their programs, and it was a, it was a young game back then. Very school, few schools played it. Mm-hmm. And I think the two schools sort of gravitated towards each other, became rivals back then, and just stronger and stronger as each decade went by. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, at the Mac hits it right on the head. You know, with so much of that, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. We just had our alumni weekend, our blue gold weekend, and we played Gilman on Friday. And you know, I'm with a lot of the the older alums, the guys from the 50s, 60s, and 70s and 80s. And I tell the boys this too is, you know, they always told me right off the bat. And George Mitchell told me as soon as I got the job uh, back in 1994 um, as the head coach. He, you know, he pulled me aside and said, Rick, you know. I know everybody thinks, and and you talk about boys Latin being the being the arch rival. He said, you know, that's really a great rivalry we have with them. They're a lot like us. It's a traditional rival. The bitter rival is Gilbert, you know. And I think that's something else both schools share too. So, right. You know, Indeed. we used to kid about that when I get went over to BL and told Bobby that, uh, you know, he got a chuckle out of it too. So, you know, we were we were kidding about it this weekend again. Yeah. So
0: you guys have touched on a couple of things, but I'm going to let you kind of like for Mac, do you have like a memorable, memorable game or maybe a memorable moment? And I'm sure you have many. So, you know, just uh, limit it to one or two, because I'm sure after, you know, a uh, hundred games, there's probably a few, especially with your history background.
2: Yeah, there's there been a lot of memorable games that I've actually witnessed. Um, the, I guess the best part, the best ones are the ones you win. You know, we, we, we were sort of snake bit, uh against St. Paul's in championship games. You know, we, we went up against each other three um, times. I think it's 2010, and we lost all three of them by, like, single goals. And then in 2010, we got, we got steamrolled. Uh, I'm sure Rick remembers that game very well, better than I do. And then I guess in, uh, when, we, when we finally won in 2014 in a championship game, that, that's probably the one that's most recent. It's probably the one that's in my mind the, 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 uh, the best because I can remember it better. Um, so I'd have to say 2014. But certainly I don't remember all the losses. You know, in the rainstorm in 92, uh, yeah. we lost by one when Mitch was coaching, the head coach at St. Paul's. and They were, they were probably the best team in the country, and we lost to them twice that year. The only two losses of the year. We both, both times. Both by one goal. Yeah, both by one goal, yeah. Were you on the sidelines for that? I was. I
1: was the offensive coordinator in 91 and 92. I started coaching, uh, you know, in in 88 uh, with Mitch. Yep. Yep. And
2: and in 79, we beat St. Paul's in the regular season, and then we played him in the championship game. And we lost by one. Ridge Warfield, that was his last game. And one, the kid who scored the winning goal uh, had previously gone to Boy's Latin. His brother went to Boy's Latin. His mom taught yeah. at St. Paul's. Yeah. You know, so Sean Brooks. It, it, yeah. Sean Brooks, exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, it never ends. I mean, every year you, there's a twist to this rivalry. There's a connection between you know a kid whose mom works at Boy's Latin or vice versa or his brother went to St. Paul's or his father or uncle went to St. Paul's. Every year I can give you an example. And so 2014 is probably the best year in my memory.
1: Okay. Yeah. How about you, Rick? Yeah, there are a couple. Um, you know, 2010 certainly is, as Mac alluded to, you know, a, a pretty special year for us. Uh, we, we lost the BL in an epic game over at Boys Latin. Right. Um, I think it was 11-10, to 10 and Kevin O'Neal, uh, I think, scored yeah. the game winner um, and three overtimes. And, you know, a week later we turned around uh, a little more than a week later, uh, we turned around and, and, you know, won in a, in a convincing way at, at Towson and the championship. And I, I really feel like, uh, that, that loss at BL kind of recentered us and got us going again. And so, um, you know, that was a pretty special one, but I think one of the one of the ones I remember most was in 96 when we played um, in the semifinals at uh, at Hopkins. And, you know, BL was no doubt, um, you know, that was that 96-97 group that, you know, arguably if you ask me is the best team I've ever coached against that 97 team. But all those guys were there in 96 too. And, you know, they, uh, they were the best team in Baltimore. And I think it had only had one loss going into that semifinal game and, we were pretty banged up. And, uh, you know, we found a way to win the game 13 to 11. And I remember, I think about eight of our goals were off of rebounds and garbage goals where we just noticed something with the goalie and we crashed the crease, uh, practiced it, you know, for three or four days. And while Bugs Combs, I think had four of them and you know, some other guys that typically didn't put their nose in there that got a little contagious and they put their nose in there. and We got about eight garbage goals. And Bobby said to me, you know, after the game, um, you know, gosh, you you won by garbage goals. And, you know, I think it was one of those things. And the moment I uh, snapped back at him, I said, hey, they all count, you know, uh, it's a (laughs) game that I will, it's a game that I will always kind of remember because I really felt like, you know, we weren't as talented, but we really gutted that one out. And, you know, we lost to uh, an undefeated and a very talented St. Mary's team that year, too. Jim yep. Moorhead's yep. team um, in the final. We turned around and lost to them 13 to 13 to 11. So, uh, you know, by the same score that we had beaten BL by. So, you know, but it, the, it, there's so many there's so many great games um, that we played over the years. Now, I remember one at St. Paul's that was 16 to 15. BL beat us and um Christian Walsh had nine goals. I think six of them on right. like fast breaks. You know, so you know there've been there've been some really really epic ones uh, back and forth in one goal games over the years. And and certainly Mac talked about the uh, the '92 games because no doubt uh, B.L. and St. Paul's were the best two teams in the country. We happened to win seven one goal games that year en route to an undefeated season. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know B.L. was outstanding too and. You know, uh, it, there were two one-goal you know one-goal wins for us during that during that year against them, which was pretty special too.
0: Yeah,
1: and you missed. Mentioned- and
2: like I think, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, a lot of guys, um, in my talk through years have gauged their careers based on what they did against St. Paul's, and yeah. one stands out with me is a guy named Tom Mitchell who is uh, from the boys' Latin class, 56. He's actually the nephew of George Mitchell. So again, here's another connection. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, George is the revered and you know un- unbelievable Hall of Fame coach, you know, for St. Paul's for all those years. And and Tom said to me uh, one day, he said, you know, in my four years, we never, I I I never beat St. Paul's in lacrosse. And 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 he's you know he's in the '70s, and this matters to him. This is 1953, four, five, and six. And he remembers every game and he remembers it. I never beat him. Yeah. So yeah. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to the guys who put on the Maroon away.
1: White. Yep. Yep. I think it's uh, both, both the same. You know, very, very similar for the guys in blue and gold, too. It means a lot to the community and to the guys that played the game. They still talk about it. Um, yep. You know, one of my. One of my moments, you mentioned my friendship with Gene. Well, I coached against Gene in 89. I was on the staff uh, when they came over on our blue gold day. We came down the hill in jerse- those yellow yep. jerseys that Mr. Galupo had gotten us. It said, BPL on the side. I knew we were in trouble, you know, and Bobby <laughs> stirred, stirred him up. And, you know, we kind of woke up a sleeping giant and, while Gene Ubriaco went coast to coast, I think not once, but maybe three times against us. He scored six in that game, and they beat us 12 to six. I remember, like it was yesterday. I remember seeing him run down the field, and, you know, it was great when we were coaching together over at BL. We talked about that, um, you know, and it still brought a little bit of pain back to me, but – you know, it was it was one of those moments those those moments in the game, and and people definitely uh, guys were big time players and kind of
2: established their credentials in that game. You know, so.
1: Like yeah,
2: Co- you know, Brock Co- just mentioned you know nine goals by Christian Walsh. Well, I got guys at Boys Latin that remember Dave Dempsey's yeah. nine goals. And yeah, I believe the game at one point the game was uh, two to one, and it ended yeah. up seventeen to two. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, and then to add another wrinkle to it. Dave's brother, younger brother Brent, played two years of lacrosse for Boys Latin, and he, his two years at the he beat St. Paul. So uh, again, every game, every year, I can give you an example of uh, sort of the brotherhood rivalry between sort of the family affair between the two schools. Which not only not only are they are we both great programs, but just this relationship makes it even greater. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's extraordinary. It really is. Back, you mentioned that game because George used to talk about that game fondly. And, you know, I would always I would always kind of uh, grab George's ear and just ask advice all the time in my my early career when I could. And um, he's been such a great mentor to me over the years, especially those early years. And, you know, he said sometime uh, he told me once, he said, Brock, you know, sometimes it's it's uh you don't have to it's not what you tell the kids maybe it's what you don't say to them and he said at halftime (laughs) we were winning that game two to one and he said um I, I literally walked over to the halftime huddle and I didn't say a word to the team they knew you know they knew that I was pissed at them and they knew what they had to do to win and they came out and just absolutely uh You know, rattled off a bunch in the second half, you know, and he said, I learned a lot from that. That sometimes you don't have to say anything to him and the kids know it and they pick up on it and they go from there. So he was pretty proud of
2: that moment, too. Yeah. And and there's another thing, you know, there's a there were uh, 30 years of frustration, Mike, for boys, Latin people. Again, we, we were, you know, through a lot of those decades from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, many, many years we were the second best team, you know, in the league. Mm-hmm. And it was always second best. And we usually lost to Gilman or St. Paul's. And our guys remember all that. We went from 19, I think it was 35 is the last time we beat St. Paul's. We didn't beat them until 1963. So we had a lot of years, of a lot of frustration, and many games where we came close, but never could, never could beat them. And they, and they do say that rivalry, you know, both teams have to be uh, winning every once in a while to make it a rivalry. Even though we were losing every year those years, it was still a great rivalry mm-hmm. be- because of because of the connection between the boys and the schools.
0: Right.
2: Well, then I'm sure, you know, this. the programs
0: have, you know, I'm sure you might not have been beating each other or, you know, might have not have been beating St. Paul's, but I'm sure you were still winning. So to not be able to get over that one little hump, you know. It's... You got it. That's Probably right. drives
1: everybody I mean, up a wall. Well, it makes it's your season. You know, winning that yeah. game can make your season. No matter what your record is, it it literally can make your season. You know, and I think both <laughs> both sides know that. Yep.
2: Yeah. To show you how good Howdy was as a coach, there was one year we were the second best team. And we played them. And I just talked to a, a, a gentleman named Raleigh Brent who was on the boys' Latin team. And we lost to St. Paul. Again, we were the second-best team in the conference. It was the old Maryland Scholastic Association. Yeah. And we lost to Howdy's team 17 to nothing. That's how good they were. Mm-hmm. That's how good they were. <laughs> yeah. And Raleigh Brent told me that it was so bad that our coach, Oki O'Connor, said, when you get the ball, just run around behind the goal to to take up time because they could score it well. And they, they, were, they were so talented and so well-coached that, uh, everybody.
1: So. Yeah, they, they didn't lose a loss. game for four years, you know. They didn't lose a game right. for four years, that group. I think right. 72, yeah. 72 in a row, and I think seven championships in a row. Howdy really, you know, he coached so many other sports, too, at St. Paul's, right, Mac? I mean, he was yes. football coach, basketball yep. coach, lacrosse coach. I mean, that, that guy just flat out knew how to teach and coach the, you know, uh, kids. Exactly. And it was phenomenal, Yeah.
2: There's a reason why he's in the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Yeah, darn right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um So, Co- Coach, I, I want to ask you. Obviously, you you announced that you're you're retiring at the end of this year, and so this you know might not be the last game. You know, depending on the how the the playoff seedings go, but you know, as at this point, it's the scheduled the last scheduled meeting between these two programs, what does this one kind of mean for you?
1: Well, you know, I think. Um it's a, it's a St. Paul's BL game, you know, and it is, it means the world to me, you know, uh, means the world to our schools, uh, school and our players, you know, I'm trying to keep it in perspective that way. You certainly want to, you know, win your last game. There's no doubt about it, especially against, um, you know, your storied rival. You want to, you want to win as a competitor. I want to win the game. Um, you know, it's going to be bittersweet though. I mean, I, I, uh, I really love competing on Tuesdays and Fridays. It's one of the things I will miss more than anything because it's such a great league. And, uh, you know, I've been really blessed and I'm grateful to have uh, the experiences I've been able to have on both sides. So, you know, it, it, it definitely means a lot. You want to win that last game. I know Bobby, you know, felt the same way, um, you know, back when he retired as well and uh, you want to win, you know? And so, Um, we're going to prepare and do our best because boy, they have a powerhouse team, a great team this year. So, you know, we're going to prepare and do our best, but we got some work to do before that, you know, that, that's, uh, that's pretty important in terms of getting in the, in the playoffs and, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep it all in perspective right now. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be some emotions there. There's no doubt about it. Once the final whistle is blown or maybe even walking down that hill, you know, for the last time in the regular season and seeing, uh, you know the maroon and white on our field. Um, you know I'm sure there'll be some emotions there too. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And w- so what is what is it like kind of leading up? You know because I'm sure there's maybe you know obviously it's a it's a big rivalry and a lot happens during this week um, during a, a normal game. But being the hundredth meeting of these two programs, is there anything special being planned for you know by each of the programs uh, kind of leading up to it?
2: Well, both schools are are really hyping it up a lot. You know, we're you know we're obviously using it as a as a marketing tool for both schools and and, and what and yeah you know, and my counterpart uh, Charlie Mitchell who Brock knows real well uh, he's the alumni director at Saint Paul's and Charlie I've been talking and you know we we want to get the word out and appreciate you talking to us today Mike but we we want to convince everybody that there's a reason why this is the greatest rivalry in high school lacrosse and. You know, each school is has, has buying commemorative hats, and um, both student bodies are all getting riled up now. I'm sure we'll have some type of, you know, rally with the students that morning to, to get the team all jazzed up and everything. And um, it's going to be a really – it's funny because we're almost glad it's out at St. Paul's because it's going to be so crowded. <laughs> <laughs> and We're stressing <laughs> over that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Getting out of both
2: schools at the end of this game. It's yeah. Like the parking lot uh, yeah. during Christmas shopping, you know, the season. It's just, the traffic doesn't move, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's, when am I going to get out of here?" And it's great if you won, sitting in your car for forty-five minutes. <laughs> it's miserable if you've lost. Yeah. So, and we yeah. both we both have been you know challenged with with
1: that. That's one. right. That's exactly right. It's funny, my parents were calling today and saying, hey, we're going to come up, you know, they're in their late 80s, we're going to come up at your last game, against BL, and, um, you know, we're going to come up. I said, hey, well, you better get there around noontime to get your spot. Right, <laughs> right <laughs> because exactly. It's going to be 75 degrees, and sunny, and, you know, we're anticipating, our AD said 2000, and I told him, I said, you know, Paul, if it's a great day, uh, Paul Bernsdorf's our AD, if it's a beautiful day, you know, they're... There could be maybe 5000 people there. That's how yeah. uh, that's how much this game means to the communities of both schools and I think even right. people from outside the community are excited about this game, you know. We no we are really we are really pumping it up on on both levels uh, at both schools and you know I think that adds to the to the whole uh, you know
2: environment um, that surrounds the game too. And Mike, there's also another, there's a, the, at the end of the game, um, and we just started this a couple yeah. of years ago, but there are two two guys, one at each school, that really represent the school um, in, in magnificent ways, and that boy's lad is, is a gentleman named Dyson Earhart, who's been at our school for 55 years now, in, in one capacity or another, including at one point our head lacrosse coach, mm-hmm. and conversely at St. Paul's, is a guy I've known most of my life named Skip Darrell, who's just one of the finest human beings I've ever known and we've we've dedicated the winning trophy it's called the Dar- uh, the Daryl Earhart cup it's the winning trophy and at the end of the game um we give it to the winning team and uh, I, I hope I don't have to hand it over to Brock <laughs> uh, I might I might have to do that and they really get into it. They really yeah, they, they they know can. what that trophy means because it if you win it, it sits in your uh, trophy case for a year, and you get to brag for a year. So yeah, we we yep. we want to retain it, and St. Paul's wants to grab it back from us.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I think
2: both Skip and uh,
1: Dyson want to win it too. So uh, yep. Skip's probably Skip is probably the most competitive person I've ever known. He's been my mentor as a teacher um for over 30 years and uh he still is pretty competitive so he uh, oh yeah he's made he's made it very clear he wants to get that back you know we won it uh, the first year in 2015 and then uh bl took it from us last year so he made it very clear he wants to have it back
2: (laughs) uh, and and like it is we we just named uh uh, mentioned skip daryl and again here's another example skip's dad his his uh uh, was a Boys Latin grad. His name was Cavendish Darrell. He went by the nickname Cabbage. And he's probably Boys Latin's first lacrosse star. Went on the Hopkins, uh, played on the Hopkins team, he was on that 32 team that went out to Los Angeles and played in the Olympic Games as a foul sport. Uh, he was a wonderful guy. Again, another connection. His father goes to Boys Latin. He's a great lacrosse player. Skip goes to St. Paul's, a great lacrosse player. And you know, here we are. Sixty years later, going to hand that trophy out on Tuesday, named in honor of Skip. That's
0: great. Um, yeah, I, I was just th- thinking that you know this sounds like a good opportunity to uh, maybe contract with a bus company and do some carpooling for <laughs> for that game. <laughs> yeah, to keep to keep the traffic down because I've made that I've made that turn into St. Paul's and. It can be pretty brutal on a uh, busy, busy yeah. night.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I sure hope they called Baltimore County police and have them ready to patrol the road because I think they'll be parked up and down Falls and Seminary, you know, Falls right. and Seminary Avenue for this one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Probably not going to be too much grass being, being visible because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people just packing that hill <laughs> trying to yeah. get oh, yeah. trying
1: to get a seat. And they might even have to park on the grass on the fields next to ours, you know, for years. And I know you remember this, Mac, um, our sure. fields next to our stadium, we always used to park cars there to- because that's you know our parking lot wasn't as big as it is now, um, right? And so that that would be filled with cards on a on a typical boys' Latin St. Paul's game at St. Paul's. So they might be doing that and bringing that back this year. They might be forced
2: to. So <laughs> again, again, Mike, we're glad it's at St. Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let that let them worry about
1: that end. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Right. You know, we have we have shut down everything that afternoon from the girls' school and the boys' school. All after school activities and athletics are shut down that day. Um, there will be no practices, no games. You know, to so just so that everybody can attend and you know, the, the campus is ready for that kind of crowd. So, you know, we're taking all kinds of measures to make sure that, um, you know, that uh, that's a great day for everybody and we can accommodate everybody.
0: It sounds like it's just going to be one of the, probably the maybe the hottest ticket in the Baltimore area for the last few years. It's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be extremely exciting. And uh, I'm really sad. I'm actually going to miss it since I'm not in the area, but, um, Hopefully, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll get here a recap of it. and uh, I'm sure it'll be covered quite extensively uh, by the newspapers and everything. So, uh, just to kind of wrap up, Matt, I, we've thrown out a lot of like kind of fun facts and things like that. Is there, I'll get one from each of you. Is there anything that you guys haven't mentioned at this point that just kind of stands out as like some kind of fun fact from this rivalry?
2: Boy, I've laid out so many. You know what? I think I think the best fun fact would be um, I have, I know of at least three examples, and I mentioned it earlier, of brother playing against brother. Um, the Clawson's played against each other in 1945, I think it was. We, we had uh, Don Clawson and brother Jack was a crusader. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Conklin twins. Maybe Brock can talk about more about that. One played here. Be the other played for St. Paul's. Yeah, Charlie and, and Chris. Then, yeah, yeah. And, then, right. and then in the '92 90, championship game, uh, David Pollock, who right. played for Boys and his dad was a big start at St. Paul's in the late '60s. His brother Jamie was on the the team for the Crusaders, and and again, uh, David told me a story, and I wish it had been captured on the film. He was walking off the field. Um, yeah, you know, he was just dejected. We had lost again by one goal. It just came as close as you can be. He's walking off the field to the team bus, and there's a tap on his shoulder, and it's his brother. Yeah. And his brother gives him a big hug. And I, I, if I had that picture, I think that would encapsulate the rivalry to its yeah. fullest. Just that beautiful moment of a, of two real blood brothers yeah. giving a hug after after a hard fought
1: battle. Yeah, and that's Mac. You, you got the one that I was going to pick out because I uh, <laughs> know both of those guys well. We're in. Uh, you know, was in Jamie's wedding, and David and I are very close still to this day. And Harry and Kathy Pollock uh, just saw them this weekend. You know, they're like family, family. to me. So great family, right. and um, you know that 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 was a really tender, special special moment in uh, in this rivalry. Two great kids, too. David and Jamie, just right, outstanding human beings. You know, so um, that's that's pretty special. Yep, no doubt about
2: it. <laughs> And David wants – I saw David this weekend. We had our homecoming. He mentioned it to me. We want, he wants to win. He doesn't yeah. care if his brother went to St. Paul's. He wants to keep that trophy in our trophy case. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> that's the beauty
1: of it, you know. It's competi- it's competition at its best, you know. Yep. Really healthy, good competition. And um, that's what makes it so special, this
2: rivalry. Yeah. And and there's, and there's one bittersweet thing for me, Mike, is that – you know, I think so many people from both schools are used to seeing, you know, Percato and Shriver on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I think with Shriver walking off that you know, that, that 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 you know, a lot of people miss that. But I think the fact that both of them are gonna be gone after next Tuesday, you know, from a from a regular season standpoint, yeah, you know, that sort of that sort of brings a lot of makes you scratch your head and say, Wow, we've seen a lot of cool stuff, and the fact that both these guys are no longer going to be running around on the sidelines is it's kind of a sad thing to think about. It just means I'm getting older, and I don't want to get older. <laughs> yeah, so, but the, ne- you know, so Mac, the next – Bring
1: Shiver back and stay. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe next year we'll both announce the game. <laughs>
2: I think well when you retire, I think you and Shriver should be the color guys between uh, um, uh, I what Booker. Booker. The oh, color yeah. guys between Booker, you can balance out each other. That would be a treat.
1: That That, might that, be fun I to that, that would definitely be fun to listen to. You know, but I, I think it's time for the next chapter too. You know, and you have Trey right. Whitty and you have Brian Farrell who. I happened to coach Brian and teach Brian uh, in the sixth, seventh, and eighth grades, and uh, then coached him in high school. You know, when I was was at DL, um, just really proud of what he's doing. I just saw his mom and dad this weekend at the Mount Washington Tavern, and just told them how proud I am of what Brian's been able to do. But it's it's the next chapter. I'm excited for Trey. He's one of my former players as well, and you know that uh, you turn the page, and then those two right. guys will have memories for a lifetime, like Bob and I do. Yep, well said.
0: Yep. Well, the, the game is May 16th. It's the final regular season game for both these programs. But, you know, it's looking like obviously both of you guys will be in the playoffs. And I guess we'll kind of, you know, the way the, the conference goes, it could be that game that kind of decides final seedings too. So you don't know if you'll sure see could. each other yep. again. Because the way yeah. you know, you could always just turn around and see each other one, you know, a week later in the playoffs. But I'm sure it'll go down to the <laughs> wire like most times do in the MIAA. <laughs>
1: Yeah, why nah, not? Let's brutal. go for
2: 101. What do you say, Mac? Let's yeah. go for 101. Yeah, you know, it's brutal not playing them once a year. So compound that if you have to play them twice a year, and it always scares the hell out of us. You know, whenever you beat a team, you know we, we played. You know, Severn had a great season or had a great team this year, but they lose all these little tight games. And yeah. I said when we beat them, I said I don't ever want to see these guys this year. Oh yeah, because it's just so hard to beat someone once. It's Really hard to beat someone twice. Right, right. You know, think about it, Mac. All those
1: years, you know, we used to have to play twice. You know, right. Uh, yep. Oftentimes, if you know, when the divisions were split, and you had to play everybody in your division twice, and everybody out of division once, and you know, now the games are magnified because you only play everybody once. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, good, it's, it's, it's good for
2: it's good for old guys like me's health to only have to play you guys once. <laughs> And I can't imagine what it's like to be a coach and have to worry about playing Blue or St. Paul's or Gilman twice. That's just not fair. Well, it's,
1: uh, you know, it's special. I think as a coach, you just get used to that competition and you thrive on it and you better, or or it will eat you up. And um, I know Bobby did a great job with, you know, um, thriving in that kind of atmosphere. So, um i I've, I've really tried to learn from him and how he handled it and you know uh i i I would love to play. Tw- I'd love to have the opportunity to play twice cuz it is that special of a game. There's no doubt about I'm, it. Yeah. As long
2: as we beat you twice that's fine. <laughs> but you know when you when you're sitting in the stand and watching this it's nerve-wracking. It's yeah. crazy stuff. So. Yeah. You
1: know that's one thing Mac I got to say. Next year I'm going to I'm going to enjoy even though I have my son on that team, you know, but I'm going to enjoy sitting back and being a dad in the stands and not having to worry about making all the calls. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I'll look for you next year at BL when you we host you guys. You got And it, I'll Matt. see you on Tuesday, I'm sure.
0: All right, yep, will do. All right, guys, well, Coach and Mac, I really appreciate you. Again, again, the game is May 16th.